welcome to the second half of this episode for patrons only. So if you're here, you're officially very special. Um, we're going to be talking about Jew goblins, goblin Jews, banker goblin Jews, and J.K. Rowling and Jon Stewart. So these are the players, and now for the story, Nassim. So we have here the issue of J.K. Rowling and uh, Jon Stewart basically being mischaracterized. His, he was talking about um, anti-Semitic tropes that um, are invisible to people. Like there's something that you could be seeing, but you don't know it. You could enjoy it, but you don't know that in actuality, in the, its roots or essence, it is something that used to be an anti-Semitic or based on something that was anti-Semitic. Um, and with the portrayal of goblins, um, what he was talking about was that the goblins of um, of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone was it. Yes, in the source They were um they in the movie kind of, he was specifically talking about. Yeah, in the movie, um they were portrayed in the, you know, small hook nose bent over lording over their money, and the building they used had a Jewish star on the ground. Oh, so yeah. it yeah, was like a so, huge six point star. And it was on the floor of the building. Apparently, this was the real set that really had that. So that's where they were filming. Yeah. So, you know, he was pointing out that if you look at the old race, racial character, um, uh, characters that they used to, to attack Jews with, you know, the, the art and imagery, um, very reminiscent of the goblins were very reminiscent of that. Yes, um, very right. And you know, it's like the imagery is like Nazi Germany. Yes, but even Nazi Germany was inspired by these images all the way from the Middle Ages that they would have. Yeah. And doing a bit of research about this was interesting because I learned that there were other practices the Nazis took from Christians in the Middle Ages, like the Yellow Star actually was something from medieval times. So um, yeah, there's a long history of these tropes, as you said, exactly as you said, it's kind of like not really something we notice now is like, wow, that's anti-Semitic when you have like a, a goblin, but, or like a goblin looks like that. But at the same time, to some people, to some Jews, they instantly see that because they're well-versed in that history. And they've seen those cartoons from the Nazi era. They've seen all the images from the history of this. So like to Jon Stewart, he immediately just instinctually had that reaction to it when he saw yes. it in the theaters. And I think people who are more versed in the um, in that are going to see that immediately and be like, you know, exclamation point. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It just raises up a big red flag for them. Whereas a lot of people, as his point was, you know, saying, just they're ju they just don't see it. They just don't get that connotation at all they just see some goblins in a bank yeah i mean goblins are you know they're portrayed differently in every sort of fantasy in in 
Rawlings Fantasy, the goblins were lording over, they were owners of these banks. And, yes. And, and but the they weren't even, they, they were different. Yeah, they were different in the books. You know, I went and looked at the books, and for one thing, there was one description of, gob of a goblin as having long, slanted dark eyes with no whites in the eyes. That doesn't really sound like the character to do. I mean, especially the long, slanting eye. So mm. I don't think there's really any of that in her books you know when yeah. you read the first description of the goblins it doesn't even say they have hook noses or pointy noses it said they have um it said they have long pointy fingers and dark eyes and swarthy skin and they're bald i think or grip hook one of the main goblin characters is bald um but in the movie they have these pointy noses little spectacles this straggly frizzy hair Mm -hmm. and they're lording over the money and jewels and there is a massive six point yeah. star on the floor so yet yeah, and i say that just because um some people were saying this that's not supposed to be a jewish star that's a some australian thing so i don't know if that was there as like a star of david or if it's some other mm -hmm. if it symbolized something else but anyway that doesn't matter much it there is something to the theory that the film was doing that, though, is what I'm saying. The film may have been capitalizing a bit on that trope. I mean, it is Hollywood. Is it so surprising that they would capitalize on a racial trope, you know? Well, I mean, maybe, maybe not, because the portrayal of, of goblins, like, goblins have always had the, like, grotesque. You've ever, you know, the grotesque, they have the long nose, long chin. And... They they differ in different fantasies. Like in Tolkien, the the um, in Tolkien the uh, goblins are tall. Hmm. You know they're they're regular like human size, but you would know a goblin like they're they're really dark or greenish skin. Um, what is this scraggly hair and all that? Because they're supposed to be mutilated elves. Okay. Okay, that is what they, the... Um, the so this is a Harry Potter goblin from the movie. Yep. I'm showing the scene right now an image. It's like a little dude in a suit with a huge nose and like a very greedy, miserly expression. Yeah. And, you know, he's like a human, a mini human with big ears and a big nose and big long fingers. But see, here's the thing, like if like, And he's holding a mountain of gold, like he's like, like guarding it with his creepy fingers. World of Warcraft has um uh what is it, uh goblins in there and they you play them on the horse hor side and they have the long nose and the and the like uh what is it, uh the the pointed ears and they're really, really short and they're green. And they're very money grubbing in that. Like they are oh, so they're money grubbing in that as well because there were some critics of Rowling saying she, you know, this was in one article I read about it. She may have taken the trope of the goblin, or I'm not sure if trope is the right word for archetype uh, or character or creature, but um, she may have taken that creature from folklore, but she made them bankers. You know, she's the one who made them associate with money, but you're saying no in World of Warcraft they were also associated with money. Yeah, because they, they, yeah, they were associated. Well, one, of their, one of their princes, uh, what is it, Gallywix, his whole story is he says that if the, if the world was, was going to die, 
and he was had the only way out of the world, he would put a toll on it and take everything that everyone had. Just let them classic like, Jew, am I right? Yeah. So, so I, I mean, mean, do you think that there is any Jewish connotations in the world of Warcraft goblins? No, um, I don't. I think that uh can we see? I'd like to pull up a picture. Yeah, go up, look uh Gallywix, G-A-L, I think it's G-A-L-L-I-W. Okay, Gallywix. Okay, I got it. Yeah, I don't see the Jewish thing here because this guy is a big fat. He has actually a snub nose. He has like a million chins, so he doesn't have that pointy look, which is really the when we went and looked at the um Jew, the anti-Semitic caricatures it was all about this huge nose this miserly look this pointed sallow face this guy is more like a big and he's got like all these gaudy rings and stuff and a hat this doesn't make me think jew yeah no so that's okay so that's one thing yeah i mean the okay, idea so, the, the idea of goblins like goblins uh, are used in a lot of different they're used all, all across fantasy yeah. folklore. You know, J.K. Rowling did take and, pieces from here, pieces from there. Well, and goblins are also usually evil. She took goblins. Yeah. yeah, goblins aren't usually good or friendly or cuddly. Yeah. And like someone wrote in another article about her, you know, Rowling took her, um, she made her she made her dragons breathe fire. She made, you know, her wizards do magic and she made her goblins like short little uh miserly not very nice creatures and so she basically followed a lot of the established elements of fantasy yeah all she did was bring them in the modern setting so like you have goblins and and they're and they're interacting with wizards and all this stuff because like her elves for example her elves are not tolkien elves neither mm -hmm. are her goblins because elves and and tolkien are based on the Sindhi of Irish uh, folklore. I think it's Irish folklore, I think. It is. I might be wrong. But um, the Sindhi if are... If you're wrong, Sindhi. you will be canceled. Well, they're, I, I think they're a form of fairy. And they're supposed to be extremely beautiful. So, like, the the elves in Tolkien are supposed to be, because they're very close to God, they, they are very beautiful. They are... And very and and they are um, immortal. They're, they don't die, they don't age. Um, so yeah, the elves in Harry Potter are like squeaky little serpents with huge yes. eyes and long noses. But regardless of all this craziness, I mean, this is this is an interesting discussion see, about these tropes. But what the did they do? But see, here's this the thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. They, this is not something new because like Tolkien, for example, there have been people who tried to say that the fighting Urukai are, are depictions of black people. Yeah, so it's definitely been going on for probably a couple decades where people point to what's in a book and they say it's not politically correct to this specific standard. That's why I say within the past few decades getting really extreme within the past couple of years, they point to a book and they say this doesn't fit woke standards of racial yeah. and gender social justice and so we are now going to punish the author or try to stop the book being circulated or try to stop people reading it um but, but this is something. such a crazy case because jk rowling is so hated yes but think of something now 
I, these people kind of tell on themselves because why I, I um, highlight the Urukai is that they use the fact that the Urukai are black. Okay, the Urukai have black skin. That's it. Because when you see them, Urukai, they have long black hair, almost like um, almost like the uh, was it um, like barbarians and stuff, but. They use that that they have black skin as if to say that one thing means they represent black people. And it's like, how do you say a monster? And the Urukai are like big, hulking, thick, male bodied um, well, monsters. How do you say something with like a heavily mutilated face that, um, that doesn't look human at all? So how do you say that that is a racist character type? about black people well did it say in the story that they had black skin yes they do have black skin well i mean i don't know there could be something there because there were a lot of people on twitter saying you know and some prominent smart people were saying this but i don't really necessarily agree that um if you look at the goblins in harry potter and you see jews then you are the anti-semite well that's silly because that's saying, so you should remain ignorant of historical tropes, historical caricatures, because otherwise then once you see them in something modern, that makes you the bigot. Like, I don't know about people who always are constantly turning this bigot label back onto the woke. I don't but find see, that convincing. The way that, like, okay, so the Urukai, like, I could see if, say, like, the way they wore their armor or whatnot, you'd say, okay, they, like, they have any resemblance to that but like they are they they don't look like the goblins they don't have any pointed nose or whatnot they have like they're they they have a very like it looks like something took and melted their face that's what but they think of the you know caricatures of black people yeah in but, this country was tolkien british he's british and okay. the thing is so that big, changes things too because that's a different historical record. I mean, in this country, we do have kind of that caricature of the black male as really strong, really animalistic. Right, but the thing is in this is that they don't, they, hair-wise, they have more of like the, like hair like mine, just long and black. Oh, okay. And then like armor, weaponry, and all that stuff, they, nothing looks like it came from Africa. All their armor looks like something that was made, like their weapons are big, chunky, um, like almost like butcher, butcher type. Like and they're are they bad type. guys? No, they're, they're monsters. They're, yeah, okay. they're bad guys. They're, okay. they're, um, I, I would, like, out, like, they're born, like, Urukai are born underground. They're like they are created monster. And is yeah. that why they're wait? That wouldn't make them dark. No, the, the, they're the not in the sun. They're not in the sun. They they are basically almost like a. They're just a creature that's bred and um, created. Like they're they're take. Uh, I think they're they're basically taken from goblins and uh, and upsized or something like that. Sauron okay. made. Soramon made them. I have to go back into it. But yeah, they're completely, they're, they're a made right, they're like a made servitor race um, to, for Sauron. He creates a massive army of these things. And the big thing about them versus the goblin is that the Urukai can move during the sun and they don't have an aversion for light. And they um, they can fight 
uh, they're big, strong, and capable of beating up anything that's in their way. They, they're basically a giant horde of of monsters. So people took this as being about black people. Yes, it was. It's not the first time. Like I used, like I knew people who were racist who would sit there and try to say that orcs and forty k are basically are based on black people because they don't because orcs and forty k look nothing like a human being at all. They're big, green skin, and have porcine type faces, but they speak in British Cockney. Okay. And so yeah. since they don't speak English correctly, people will sit there and say, "Well, they must be black." Based on right. Black Right. I so mean, th that's why when they say right, there's both, there's people calling it out where it isn't. And then there's people call, you know, I agree. You're right. Because when I first heard the Jon Stewart clip, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? The goblins aren't anti-Semitic. You're looking for anything. And out of context, I thought maybe he was attacking JK Rowling on his podcast for being transphobic. And in reality, that wasn't true. They weren't talking about J.K. Rowling. They weren't talking about trans people at all. They, it was an entire episode where at the very end, in the last three to five minutes, they start riffing and they're talking about bar mitzvahs. They're talking about Jews and they talk about, and Jon Stewart goes, um, you know, this is how you know Jews are still where they're at. Um, if you and then he describes going to the movie theater, watching Sorcerer's Stone, and seeing immediately picking up on this characterization that he recognized as a historically Jewish trope and um, as a historically anti-Semitic trope. Yeah. And I did initially want to dismiss him, but when I heard his follow-up video, and then when I really did start looking at the different images, and I went and looked at the book. The, the Harry Potter book, I was like, okay, in no way is that what she wrote. And then I looked at the movie and I was like, eh, it kind of does look like that. And I looked at the uh, Nazi caricatures and some of the, old, the older stuff. And in his follow-up video, he said, I wasn't saying, I'm not saying J.K. Rowling is an anti-Semite. I'm saying that there are, like you opened this episode with Nassim, there's this, these invisible sort of threads in our culture. Yeah. Of well, things that we don't even, and he said, even the, did he say this? Even the creator might not know, might not yeah. be doing it on purpose, and nor does the audience really necessarily pick up on it, but it's still, it, they're there. They're well, still there. Here's the, here's the thing to take into account when you're writing story or you're making, especially in fantasy, you're going to use real life, like, and I'm not talking about the Jewish trope. But basically, people are looking at fantasy, and now they'll they'll see like stuff from from Asia in there, or stuff in the Middle East, and they're like in again Tolkien. There was an attempt to sit there and say like his portrayal of the Easterlings is racist because they are the Easterlings are very Middle Eastern, and they or some parts of the Easterlings armies are very Middle Eastern, and it's like look. You know, if somebody's going to write a story about fantasy, there is going to be certain times they're going to pick from cultures and whatnot. There is going to be that. And, and that's a question. That's a thing that people have to really um, understand that they're they can't just say, well, this is since the there's anti-Semitic because anti-Semitic trope is very specific. We can see all of that. Do you know what I mean? 
Whereas we, we now have people looking back at other stuff saying, well, if there's anti-Semitic tropes, then these things have to also be inherently yes. racist. Yes, yes, yes. Like yeah. any portrayal of a group by yeah. um, someone who's not of that group usually gets called racist by the woke. Yeah. And I want to talk about also the, um, oh, and uh, one other thing to add. Before we talk about the woke reaction to Jon Stewart, um, I just wanted to say one more thing, which was that J.K. Rowling actually has said before that Hitler was partly based, that Voldemort was partly based off Hitler. And she described how Harry Potter is kind of meant to be an allegory of the rise of totalitarianism in Europe. So in a way, you could say like the muggles or the mudbloods or the Jews of that world and, you know, so on and so forth, whatever. I won't waste my time getting into that whole thing but um i want you to talk about the way that the tiaries took john stewart's words and just lost their damn minds well they're they're just looking for any way to stigmatize him (laughs) and that's the problem here is that it's getting to the point where they're getting so blatant they're so stupid they're getting so blatant that you can't hide it in. So they blatantly mischaracterized him and thought that he would not, you know, I guess they think that whatever they say or do, everyone's going to fall in line if they're on their side because he did sit there and try to smooth things over for Chappelle and all that. And I think they thought, well, if we take his words, he'll just go with it. Probably what yeah, I remember we talked about his response to Chappelle in an earlier episode of this podcast and how he basically said, you know, he didn't really mean, he didn't really have that intention of hurting people. I know him, he would never want to hurt people. So he didn't really stand up and say he was right and you people need to all shut up because yeah. you can't cancel him. Yeah, no, he didn't, he didn't, he, he did the capitulating thing. So they probably thought ah, he'll just go with it. And he didn't like he 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 got a, very upset about that. Yes, he fired I, back in this case. Yeah, he fired back on that, and and good for him because like you don't want people mischaracterizing what you're saying. And mm-hmm. they were blatant, and the guy who wrote it and the others who were were spreading it were blatantly you know mischaracterizing. The guy who wrote the thread. Let's talk about him, Raphael okay. Shimunov. He wrote this little thread and he possibly was the one who started this whole cascade of news because the podcast came out a month ago, over a month ago now, early December. And this didn't get picked up until early January. And it might have been down to this guy, Raphael, who made a thread and said, you know, Jon Stewart broke, breaks the Hollywood silence on J.K. Rowling's anti-Semitism. Yeah. That's what he said about this little clip of Jon Stewart, you know, talking about the goblins in the movie. And then he followed that up with, I shared several years ago a clip from Harry Potter, and then that was the banker clip, the goblins. So, and he said around the time when Rowling's anti-trans agenda started to emerge. So now we know exactly, we already knew, if there was any doubt about why you're doing this, it's removed. We know exactly why you're doing this. It's because she's a turf and she's a witch and you're going to go after her by any means. You're going to use absolutely anything to seize upon and go after her. And it's like when someone's down and then everyone just descends upon them. The first stone is thrown 
and that's when the beasts just go in for the kill. Yeah. Um, the thing with the, the transgender um, activists is they they they're just getting stupid. They have a scorched earth mentality, so they can't not go after her. They she is a a thorn in their side because she is rich enough to where um, they can't take her job. She has um, she has a franchise that many of them are fans of that that is making her money. And even though they can get her uh, much of her younger audience or her younger, uh, uh, what is that? The younger actors of the series to denounce her. They can't get the older actors to denounce her. Like um, the guy who played High Grip. Yeah. He stood up for her and he's like, all these young people would never have won the war. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, too thin skinned. Well, he's right because I mean, think about it like, you're literally having you know, people tell you that they feel like a woman, therefore they are, and because they feel like that, you must immediately treat them a certain way and give them every sort of like accommodation imaginable, otherwise, mm -hmm. you're a you're an evil bigot. It's like, yeah. look, 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 I'll accept that a person wants to, to live their life as the opposite sex. That's fine. I don't give a damn. The problem is, is they're living their lives as something they're not. That does not give them the right to invade any woman's space. Or, I mean, look at, like, look at in, um, in men's jeans, okay? They're starting to use women, non-binary women, to wear men's jeans, right? What to advertise them? <laughs> so think about this. The same issue that women are going to have, that men are going to have, when you want to go see what jeans look like on a person, you want to see them on the body type that is yours. Yeah, but most of the time you don't get that because with women's clothing, you go and then they show, they tell you the size and height of the model. So it's always like size zero, six feet tall, size two, five foot nine. You know, like usually then you're like, okay, it's going to sit a lot shorter on me or like a lot longer on me. The garment will be a lot longer on me because I'm shorter and so on and so forth. Yeah, um, and y'all have wild, like a, is... a wide range of body types. They don't. I mean, they're starting to now, they do have this whole body diversity movement, but they don't usually show the clothes on girls with like bigger boobs or stuff like that. And so you yeah. don't know necessarily what it will look like on you. Just saying, but yeah, this is, but see, for uh, us this guys, is just bizarre because they're trying to pass them off as men. Yes, it's the thing. It's like you're looking at a woman wearing male jeans. It's, it's one like, thing to say we need all different body types, but within a sex. And then to just say, okay, like, we're going to pretend these women are men. Exactly. It's because what they have a short haircut or something, or yeah. maybe because they got a double mastectomy. Well, think about this: you're you're looking at a woman that's probably 125 pounds. She's probably about five foot six, and she's wearing jeans for big and tall men. She's modeling. How is she modeling for? Well, maybe she's modeling jeans for for smaller men, though. I mean, smaller men exist but it's too. Big and, she's wearing them for They're the big still and tall men, size. though. She's wearing them for, for the big and tall. She's wearing it for the big and tall selection. Well, you're gonna have to show us some some links. Um, it sounds funny. What is she just standing there in massively huge pants? 
No, it's just like, how is this a big and tall person? Hold on, I'll show you. Oh, that's what they're saying about the jeans. Yeah, the jeans are uh, big and tall. And oh, okay. the woman, the person who's wearing it is like a five foot tall woman. Let's see. It's I like, this is this. big and tall. Yeah, give me a second. Let me, let me pull it up. What brand is this? This is Levi's. So this is, let me show you. This is like funny to me. It's just funny. Okay, let's look at these jeans. Well, they're trying to offer me coupons. Oh, wow. Okay, but, it's very feminine. Look, I mean, I think this is a woman, but it's like, that's the thing now. I can't trust myself because what if, I mean, this really looks like a woman, but what if this is like a trans woman or something? That, that's a trans man. Yeah, I mean, she looks extremely, extremely feminine. The curve of her body, like her butt, honestly, like her arms, like she looks feminine. So, I mean, you know, that's, this is crazy. I, mean, I don't know what to say. Wait, this is in the men's section? Yeah. 501 original fit men's jeans, big and tall. And this is a woman, a female model. Yeah, I mean, this is so like look at the look at the the i mean the seat of her pants you can tell like they when they have the you can see the curvature of her body once they, she has her shirt chucked in like that's a woman that's not mm. what i'm gonna see when i'm gonna if I'm, if I'm a big and tall guy like this is for well, pants you know i'm not i'm not seeing how those pants would look on me i'm seeing how it looks like on a woman and that's so you know, crazy like, I don't mind them wanting to say, okay, let's make, like, pants on everyone. Here's another one in the men's section. Look, this this is not a guy. I saw this. I was like, really? How many of these do they have? They, well, they started with now a genderless um, category. Yeah, and that's fine. That I don't see a problem with that. But this says right here, men's jeans. And, I mean, that's not a social construct. We do have differently shaped bodies, like unisex T-shirts. By the way, they're actually men's t-shirts. They're not made to fit women. They are going to be tighter over the chest and looser in the rest of the torso. And it's not going to look, it's going to be ill-fitting on a lot of women. So, you know, you, genuinely unisex is good. But um, those jeans are being advertised for men. Here's another one. Yeah, that's not a man. No, this one, I'm like, is that a woman? The other one was like 100 was just you could tell by the unless it was hugely photoshopped of the actual shape of her body was very womanly. Um, but the, I don't know. I and mean, the face. He, but he, sometimes men, facial feminizations and photoshop. He, here's the thing. A woman, any woman that's around like 100 and like. 20 130 110 you're going to notice that their spine curves way more it's only on women that are heavier that you're going to have a hard time seeing the curve of their back but if you you'll notice that females have a certain curvature of their spine that men just do not fucking have that's the dead giveaway of a man versus a woman you have a you have a transgender woman in a bikini you have a you have a real woman in a bikini you will notice something you look at the way their silhouette is the spine curves so if you're going to tell me there's no damn difference between men and women why do women have all women whether they're fat or skinny doesn't matter they have a curve to their spine 
Yeah, we have a whole different skeleton. Skel is yeah. that the right word? Skeleton? Uh, structure, a skeleton structure. Yeah, we have an entirely different skeleton structure. Um, we skeleton, skeleton. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, our bones are different. They know Gosh, after we up. die. What? You're making up words. That's what we do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we have. A they after we die for years and years and years, our bones will be there, and they will be able to tell if we were male or female from our bones. I think. So. I mean, just the just the um, the hips was a dead giveaway. The male hip pelvis, the, the hips, yeah. yeah. I mean, dead giveaway, but I mean, you know, we're right now in the uh, the time of playing pretend. We sure are. And um, here's a fun one about Jake going back to J.K. Rowling. You know, Katie Montgomery, one of our favorite TRAs. Katie Montgomery. Yeah, I know, I know <laughs> yeah. that man. Yeah. So he is a bully. He came after me when I got canceled. And so he retweeted this, um, somebody named Eli Valley, who is a blue check on Twitter, who posted this really awful cartoon of JK Rowling holding a goblin. And, and JK Rowling has her word bubble says, but I adore the Jewish race. Just look at his hoodie. And she's opening his blazer to show his hoodie that says Israel Defense League, because their point is, oh, you know, she's defended the state of Israel, so therefore she can claim to not be an anti-Semite, which is what she, some of her defenders do. In fact, they do say, well, she's defended Zionism, so therefore she's not anti-Semite. Um, and then what? what's funny is what Eli Valley wrote as the caption to that cartoon was Philo-Semite of the year, J.K. Rowling. Have you ever heard that word before, Philo-Semite? Because no, I, I hadn't either. And it's kind of funny. I mean, I knew what the phenomenon was. It just means people who actually kind of fetishize Jews. So in theory, it's, but it's not the opposite. I was going to say it's the opposite of an anti-Semite. It's not. It's actually a category, a subcategory of anti-Semitism. Well, because I mean, we have, it's like, a pro, it's fetishization, which once again, I'm sorry I'd say it in every podcast, but Jewish cock, the book by Katarina Volkmer is a huge case of fetishizing Jews in a very anti-Semitic way. Well, you know, maybe we, we, we don't know about whether or not she fetishizes Jews or not. We can't say we don't know anything about her. So it's just an accusation. I mean, yeah, th that's, that's the thing. I mean, she could be, she could not be, we don't know. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, there, I but, wouldn't mind if she's a pilot. Hey, as long as she likes me. <laughs> hey, I don't think yeah. she loves Americans though so that's the issue that we have here that's the real issue why is no one talking about her prejudice against Americans well who cares what Brit thinks the British are I want to eradicate any form of anti-American sentiment specifically among the British hmm. well I mean we were what they called the colonies but now we're like the, we there are they're our little vassal state. So exactly. We, 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 need, we need a strong Republican in power to tell the British to jump and how high. That's what we need. <laughs> okay, perfect. How about let's vote Trump back in 2024? Okay. Um, so, you know, that's almost a very real, like, 
Trump uh, and Candace I, Owens, you never know, it could be the ticket. I, I am predicting a red wave because, of like, course. the liberals in the United States are so pissing off the general population. Liberal culture, yes, if you live in, like, Washington, Oregon, California, New York, you're going to get inundated by liberal culture. But when you're living in, like, the South, you don't have to deal with liberal culture that much because they have to deal with conservative culture. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, a lot of a lot of a lot of this country is conservative, and yeah. or well, half, we know yeah. half is right leaning because half yeah. voted for Trump. Um, I mean, what is the level of audacity of these people to just consistently use every other group? who's actually suffered and actually experienced oppression and persecution to piggyback their flat earth ideology that they want to force everyone to believe. Um, uh, Where do they get off? Honestly, you know how they, they um, <laughs> you know how they're all about whiteness and cultural appropriation? Yeah. I think it's like really telling on themselves. Because it's like they embody all the the things that they claim all other white people have, but they don't. I think it's the opposite. They are all of the white fragility stuff that they heap on others. That's yeah, them. For sure. And so they are, it feels to me that they really are in some way racist. Well, they are. I mean, they are racist and they are um, sexist. There's no mm-hmm. way around that. Because a lot of these people believe in race, they believe in, and they obviously don't give two shits about women. Yeah. Like the trans, ugh, the trans cult just, it's an amazing thing to see, Sasha. It's an amazing display of misogyny, it really is. Like J.K. Rowling said, these are the most misogynistic times that she's lived in. And she cited like the porn epidemic, if I could call it that, and porn culture. And she cited, you know, transgen- the transgender movement. Yeah, no, yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, think about it. They are the ones that are sitting there calling women menstruators. So they yeah, cervix saying, havers and front holes and fish. Yeah. Have you ever heard that one? Fish. They call okay. us fish. That comes from drag queens, I believe. Yeah. The drag queens are, tra- you know, that that culture, oh. and that's what they call real women. Which, of course, there's only women, but. Well, uh, there's no like, real woman because there's no fake woman. There's just women. But that's what they call what they consider cis women. That's interesting. Do you get like the right? Do I have to spell it out? Like just in case people yeah. don't get it because they're saying their vaginas are fishy. Well, yeah, that's the that's the um, men used to have a lot of uh, guys used to have jokes about you know women who don't properly clean themselves. They're they're. It's not they're a joke. It's just being smaller. used by the liberal males now. Yeah, I mean, no. that's what the joke is. That's what the fish yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, not she get smells, you shrill here. Um, but yeah, she smells yeah. Of fish. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's it, yeah, it's like how that's how did that? That's what we are. How did that? How did that sexist, um, actual sexist insult, or sec- yeah, of a woman's uh, vagina, become a way of identifying women that is okay? Yeah. So, and it's so funny how many women love drag culture. And I don't, I mean, yeah, it's entertaining. I could see, I could see it being entertaining. Um, but it's interesting how, how many women laugh along with stuff like this. I remember reading a 
quote a while back. I don't remember where I read it, but it must have been on a feminist in, in some feminist article or book. And it was quoting this rapper. And he had said, um, you know, when I'm playing, it was a rapper or a DJ. And he said, when I'm doing my song that's saying bitches this, bitches that, hoes and bitches. And all these young women in the crowd are singing along. He couldn't even believe it because he was, or he was just like, he was weirded out by it because he compared it. He said, that would be like if a crowd of black people was happily, you know, partying and singing along to a song with a slur about them. And it's just like, yeah, it's kind of going back to the whole invisible trope thing, actually, because to those women, it's partly it's it, it's partly that it's partly that they don't see it as an attack on them. I mean, you know, they don't. So it's not fully like you can just say, oh, they're going along to seem cool to the men. Like if you ask a lot of them, they won't. Gen they genuinely won't feel that they're participating in something sexist but those things uh, become i mean do you agree like is that a, that's an example think, of the invisible type i think when they're hatred simmering underneath well i mean i think it's weird because even in the rappers the, the men insult the men bitch-ass motherfuckers and all that stuff like all yeah that. but there's a very is there, I mean, do you deny that there's like a misogynistic, sexualized? Oh, the, the rapper is definitely talking down about women. It's nothing. I mean, they do it all the time. I got so many bitches. I got so many hoes. And, you know, my dick does this and all that shit. They, they do that. They, their lyrics, you know, it's, yeah. it's basically denigrate women to be nothing more than like, you know, wet holes for their dicks. Which, interestingly, so, sounds just like the queers. Yeah. The front holes. Yeah. Okay. Like, and by queers, I mean the Rainbow Mafia. Yes, the I'm Rainbow. I'm not insulting all gay people. Yes. Thank you guys for tuning in. And if you're listening to this, that means you are a paid subscriber. So thank you so much. We love you. You're awesome. And we hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Let us know what you think in the comments. And we'll see you next time.